Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. All right, welcome back. And we are just days away from Christmas. And Angelique, one of the things that people always look for around this time, they're looking for good values. They're looking for something to add to their shopping list, but they want value. And we're going to give them some value today. (laughs) Okay. Nothing that you can take home or put under the tree, however. Okay, so here's what I thought. I thought, okay, what happens the day after Christmas? There's all this buildup, and if you're like us, the day after Christmas is like, oh. If mostly like you, you're the, you have such a tough time when Christmas is over. It's really, it's it's very childlike. I go through a post, post holiday, a little bit of a post holiday. Why? Why do you think that is? Because I love Christmas. Okay, Scrooge. I know, but why can't we have that kind of joy every people. day? We can, but there are other people out there who get it, okay? <laughs> and, and this year, my, our Christmas holiday village is in storage, so I don't have that out, but, okay? I'm just, we're just you, trying you, to get... You are trapped in a Hallmark movie. I know. For sure. Well, let's, let's talk about value. Okay. So that December 26th, and then there's like, I think they call it a dead week, right? Or, or there's just like this week where there's really not much going on. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And And... Everybody wants to hit January 1st with like a renewed sense of enthusiasm yep. and excitement and when their business especially. So yep. what I decided to do is put together this thing where we're going to talk about the five most productive things that you can do for your business or your personal brand in that week between December 26th and December 31st. Ironically, we're doing the same thing this year that we did last year at this time. Moving. Moving. We, we moved out of our house because we sold our house. Um, we went under contract right before or right after Christmas. Do you remember? I don't. I think it was like the 23rd or something. But anyway, um, right afterward, we started like, okay, here we go. Like there was no real downtime. We had to really go through what we're about to share with you here. But it's, it's just sort of a representation of what you can do. Every, you don't have to be in the middle of a move. Like this is representation on how you should treat every opportunity for a new beginning, especially when it comes to New Year's. Let's go. Five. 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 Five things. Five things. Okay. Five things you can do to get really productive in that week between December 26th and December 31st to move your business. Now, the first one, calm yourself. <laughs> calm yourself, child, because I know you're going to get really giddy about the first I know, one. I know. Purge. I love to purge. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, we could just have a whole episode. You want me to leave the room? You want to talk about purging for 30 minutes? This coming from the guy <laughs> that when you finally show up to help me, you're like, what? 
what is all this stuff on the counter? I'm just going to take a trash bag, put it right here, and then take my arm from one end of the counter to the other and push everything into the garbage. This is what happens. We all have our methods. That, that's your method. We have our methods. My about. method is is more into step number two because they tie in together. Okay. But, but well, let's, do, let's talk about purging. Purge. Okay, so there's a physical and a mental purge. Now, the physical purge, what we just talked about. Yeah. Okay, our house... If you're like us and you have kids and you're running a business, and just in general, let's put it this way, the house is in chaos 90% of the time. Your house is in a state of chaos. I hate it. But there's no way around it. There's not. Especially with kids, little It's ones. like you'll clean it and then you look around the next, an hour later and you're like, really? Yeah. I well, especially if you it. have a Noah. Noah is a cyclone. She is Hurricane Noah. She picks up stuff, you know, her toys. It doesn't matter. Shoe, Tupperware, it doesn't matter. And somehow it ends up from where it belongs to the clear opposite end of the house. And if it had parts, all of the parts are in separate rooms along with it. It is insane all the time. It makes me want, watching her makes me want to go back to that age, but with an adult mind. Because think about how great it is. Like we'll hand her one of those little, uh, one of those little pouches, you know, with, what are they called? The little, that she sucks on that you eat. This pouch is called yeah, the squeezy, squeezy food. Yeah. And she'll just take two, two sips out of it and just throw it over her shoulder like a drunken <laughs> sailor. Like doesn't care. She just throws it like, uh, oh, all right. And why with, is she like, that? but there's no, there's no, there's no regret there. <laughs> there's no emotion tied to it. She's like, I took two sips and I'm throwing it away. Why is she like that though? It's, it's like, it's like a, a drunk outside of a football game. Who's taken, you hand him a beer and he takes two sips and he just throws it. You know? Hold my beer. Yeah. Hold so, my squeezy. So we have to purge some of the things, yes, but purge. I'm kind of a pack rat. I don't know if you know that, Ange. Oh my God. I kind might, of? I might be a kind of a pack rat. If it weren't for me, you'd be on an episode of Hoarders. Yeah. So here's the thing. What we have to do, it's not just sometimes throwing it away. If you get attached to things or you're like, well, I might need that or that might have some emotional value to me. I'm going to recommend that. If it's emotional, why is it just in a box in the attic? It's exactly what I'm getting to. Pack it up and get it out of the way, but label it. And, and go out of your way to get some of those really nice containers and and put the stuff in there nice and label it efficiently. Because what that does, if you're a pack rat like me or you're, you know, kind of neurotic when it comes to throwing things away, at least that gives you some peace of mind. Why? It gets it out of the way. It gets it nice. And it, and it gives you peace you of mind. Let me ask you this. Because we're talking about purging. So what are your rules around what stays and what goes? Like, what's your rule around it? It's a gut feeling. I just make a gut call. I don't have any rules. That's a really poor example. That's so, why I married you. You so, helped me. You, my rule around that is find someone who's the exact opposite as you, who likes to throw away things. Man, that way you balance each other out. It's a stressful position for me. <laughs> stressful. So purging, look, we're talking about physical things, but you energetically, this is a, a time where you got a clean house too. Like mm-hmm. what... What what are you carrying around with you? You know, whether it's burdens or some kind of albatross or, you know, around your neck or um, this, you know, badge of honor or emotional home, whatever it is, like you got to purge as best as possible. And I'm not saying, hey, write it down on a napkin and burn it. Like that doesn't do any good. Like you got to take it to the altar, you know, but you do have to purge um, things that are holding you back. Think like, about all those kids with those concert shirts today. Where if you had the original concert shirt, you're selling it on eBay for so like is this your ju- this is your justification for your novelty? I mean, if you got an original Journey shirt or something, people are paying. Big Do you bucks. have an original <laughs> Journey shirt? No. I got an original Pearl Jam concert shirt. You have one original. The rest is it's awesome. The rest is what from 
Target or something. Not Target. No. Oh, All right. So let's get okay. let's get to the meat and potatoes. Purge. Okay, there's a physical and then there's the mental. Here's the thing about the mental part. And sometimes the physical purge helps you clear the mind, like we just said. Mm-hmm. But a cluttered mind is a confused mind. Mm-hmm. And a confused mind sends out confused messages. And people don't buy from confused marketers. Do you know that this list is perfectly in line with Divine Order, which is going to be available on our site for free? We'll talk about that. A cluttered mind is a confused mind. A confused mind sends out confused messages, and people don't buy from confused Because the devil is the author of confusion. So if there's going to be any organized, you know, or if there's going to be any order in your life, any vision in your life, any fruit in your life, uh, what's the first thing that the devil would like to do is create chaos and create confusion and create utter dysfunction. So when you think about God's divine order, before he did anything, when he created the universe and everything in it, he hovered and saw that, and, and by the way, when you read it in Hebrew, um, he, it, he hovered over a formless void and it was referred to as wasteland. Wasteland. Okay? like like urine, like wasteland. So when it goes to pert, like you have to get out of the old has to be removed. You got to expose it. You got to face it. You got to, you know, look at it. You got to say, listen, like enough is enough. This is dragging me down. This toxicity, this heaviness, this burden, this stuff, it's bogging me down and it's preventing me from moving forward which is what we're going to well, share with you on this podcast. And I joked a little bit, but let's be honest. You've, you've helped me a long way in that. And when you throw something out, it's a great feeling. And nine times out of ten, you're like, I can't believe I wanted to hold on to that. You know, Sometimes it's like ripping off the Band-Aid. Like, just get rid of it. Well, it's like, is it bringing you joy? Right. Right. Is it bringing you joy? Have you worn it in, in the last four months? When do you think, like, here's the thing. Like, if you need, if you're going to, if you want to create something new in your life, you have to create the space for it. And if you don't have the space for it, Forget about creating anything new. If you want to work from a place of chaos, you're never going to create anything out of order. So you have to, this is why I always talk about this in Divine Orders. Having to establish the proper environment means you have to expose what does not belong there. Whether it's thoughts, whether it's things, sometimes it's people, situations, whatever it might be. When you turn the lights on, because that's what God did, that was the very first thing he said was let there be light. And it was like, man, this is when things start to scatter. This is when things get exposed because nothing that is in the dark will not be exposed or obliterated by the light. Amen. And and the mental part of purging is, you know, if you're holding on to some animosity, you're holding on to some things Mm -hmm. uh, from some people, let it go. You know, I've, we've had a couple different looking back and reflecting on this year. We had a couple different podcasts where people had really toxic relationships with their parents. You know, remember Josh hated his father, hated him. And there was such a big part of his life. And finally, he just decided to bless and release and forgive his dad. And it changed everything Mm -hmm. in him. He needed to forgive in order to move on. So that mental purge is important. And so whether it's a physical or mental purge, my friends, what I will say is this, you know, it's it's funny, but it's not funny. George Costanza in in an episode of Seinfeld did one thing. It was called, he just goes, I'm going to do everything the opposite of what I normally do. And he started doing that. And guess what? Things started working out for me because it's yeah. the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. So if you're a pack rat like me or you're not used to doing this, tell yourself, I'm going to do an experiment. And I'm going to do the opposite of something that my gut has been telling me to do and just see what happens. Oh, my God. Are you going to do that? Yeah. 
<sighs> Answered prayer. All right. Okay. So purge is the first one, mental and physical. The second one, which you said it's different, it's not the same, it's different, but it's organized. So that would seem like it would follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if I referred this to, you know, to the divine order, you know, he did organize things. You know, he started He started with the environment, and then he brought life to the environment, started, you know, with plants, animals, and then humans. But you organize that environment. You have to organize things. If there's no organization, there's no order. And, look, I, in my perfect world, I would have things labeled in my pantry, and, and but that's not my gift. Like, if I wanted to sit and do that, I could, but it's not my gift. Like, that doesn't bring me joy to do it. It brings me joy to have it. So if I had someone that I could hire to do that, then yes. But the point is, is that organization is going to be key. You need to have order and organization when you're going to do anything that is going to produce fruit, period, end of story, mark the tape. Like if you're not organized, are you listening, David? If you're not organized, it is going to be very difficult for you to have an engine running properly. We talked about this on our last podcast like a pit stop, right? There has to be precision and timing and you can't do that without good organization. You just can't. If you're not organized, you don't know where things are. If you're not organized, you don't know where you're going. If you can't see where you are because you don't, things aren't in order, then you don't know where you're going, period. So it's very, very, very important to have a sense of order and organization. You will be so much more joyful at your work Um, you will be so much more happy and free when it comes to doing anything because you won't feel, and believe me, if we're talking about a physical standpoint, if your environment is disorganized, to me, I liken that to trying to do algebra at a death metal concert. Like you, it just can't, it just, it just feels disorganized. It feels disorderly. It feels almost impossible. So organization is very important. If that's not your gift, have someone help you. Well, let me ask the audience this. So I want you guys to fill in a percentage here. Okay. I'm going to leave it blank. And I just want you to go in your head and fill in a percentage when I go through this sentence. And it's this, I'd say that blank percent of my frustrations in life come from not being able to locate things in my house or on my computer fast enough or in an orderly fashion. What percentage of the frustration in your life comes from not being able to locate things. In other words, being a little bit unorganized when it comes to looking for stuff. And you noticed I said on the computer. So much of what we do today is located in computer in files. Well, we have our tabs open. I've I've never been that good at that. I have my own system. I I have a system. I do have a location system. Okay. Okay. You're looking at me like. What system is that? It's my system. Can anybody well, else Well, some people it? have like QuickBooks or the, what is it, some of the Outlooks and stuff like okay, that. I have my, my system. If something, God forbid, happened to you, can anybody else come in and take over? Okay. That's why you have to have okay. someone. You got to have organization. You got to have organization. I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about getting productive with stuff, okay? <laughs> eighty. I said 80% of my frustrations, mostly because... You know, metaphorically, you have too many tabs open. If you have too many tabs open, it's going to be really hard for your computer to operate. Okay, it's it's just it's just the way that it is. What is one of the first thing they tell you to do, like on your iPhone, for instance? You got to close those tabs. How many pictures do you have on your iPhone? I have a lot, but that's twenty thousand. Okay, okay, that's again, like I said, that's not that right there isn't my gift. 
but I have vision for how it needs to be. By the way, be great gift for someone. Speaking of gifts, they have those things now where you can just plug like a little uh, a little mini USB hard drive or something into your phone, into the, the iPhone jack, and it download, downloads all those photos and gets them off your phone so you can work efficiently. Okay. How about you do that yeah. for me? How about I get if you one of those? If you're such a great organizer, how about of I give photos? you one of those for Christmas? How about you do it for me? Okay. I don't want the speaking tool. of I want speaking the, of this. There's the, I want someone to do it for as we me. get out of organization. I always like to look at the comic part of it, and uh, I'm going back a ways now. But uh, if you ever get a chance, just go onto YouTube and look up Phil Hartman Saturday Night Live, the anal retentive chef. Okay, <laughs> Phil Hartman. The anal retentive chef is. Are you trying to say something? No, I'm just, I'm just. When you were talking, I just, I just thought of that character for some reason. I don't know. I'm not really saying anything. It just came to my, it just came to my mind. Phil Hartman, the anal retentive chef. Oh organi- man, organization. I, could, I have lots of characters. Oh, I bet into you my do. Right I now. bet you do. Let's move along then. Okay, we have purge. We have organization. The next one I love. This is a big one. Clarity of vision. Okay, clarity of vision. Here's the thing. That sounds kind of. Woo-woo, but it's just the opposite. I have in my notes here, the first thing you want to do is eliminate cliche. Eliminate the obtuse things. Mm -hmm. You know, eliminate all those cliches that don't say anything. In other words, when people ask you what you do, what your vision is, you know, um, I'm in in female empowerment. Okay, so is like 99% of women, right? I'm in health and wellness. Yeah, okay. What does that mean? Do you work at GNC? Like when, when we're saying get clear in our vision, I'm saying get a mission statement. And here's my thing that I tell my students and speak up. I need a whole keynote on this. Do you remember that? A mission statement. Mm-hmm. I remember. Okay. <laughs> well, when you said mission statement, this is exactly what okay, we were talking go ahead, about. Tell me about it then. No, no, I'll, no, I'll, I'll put off what I was going to say. <laughs> you go to what you were going to say. No, I just remembered when you said mission statement. Okay. I said this reminds me a lot of that keynote. Well, we're, we're, like, we're a team here. We go back and forth. We can do this. We can go back and forth. Yeah, well, I, I have love, notes. I, I, have go, I'm, I can go I'm right back you, to this note. I'm organized here. I'm telling you to go. Highly organized. I can go right back to where I was if you, you have, to, if you have something you want to say. No, I'm just telling you to go forth. Okay. <laughs> I was back. You're forth. Go ahead. Okay. So here's what I tell my students and speak up is I want you to think of the three components of your business that you can focus on and talk about all year. And you're like, what do you mean? Three things. Here's what happens. is, And we're all guilty of this, especially if you are called like a multi-passionate entrepreneur where you do different things. What happens is we end up saying so many different things or we go with, you know, whatever trend's coming or wherever the wind's blowing, and we don't have a consistent message throughout the year. You know, so I would I would encourage you to pick three things that you could talk about ad nauseum and not in the same way. But you can use different stories, different anecdotes, different statistics, different, um, you know, just different ways to talk about the same thing. But you're always hitting on those three things. That way people know what you do and they don't guess because most business today is done word of mouth. Who do you know that does this? Who do you know that can help me with this? And you want to be first and foremost in their mind. So get a clarity of vision. Eliminate the cliches, the obtuse things. I'm in health and wellness. I'm in female and women's empowerment. Eliminate those things and start to dial it down. When you when you know what you focus on and you can gather resources, two things happen. Okay, you'll have a north star to guide you. Christmas time, you'll have that north star to guide you, and you won't feel insecure or overwhelmed 
um, wondering where your confidence is. So much of people, they feel overwhelmed or insecure when it comes to confidence in their brand because it's like, what's everybody else doing now? What's everybody else talking about now? Or I don't really know if people know that I do this. Well, get out there and just say it. Get out there and say it. Have a clarity in your vision. And that way you want, like John C. Maxwell calls it the North Star. He says, the most successful people that I've ever worked with, they have a true North Star. That's the one character that he he says across all the people, they have a North Star guiding them. (laughs) Those are hangers, I know. This is a high-end studio with hangers here that I hit once in a while. just hit the hangers. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Talking about your mission statement. No, we're good. Good. You're gonna you're gonna float the mission statement speech out there and not say what just no, give us I, what a mission just, statement means it to you. Just jogged my memory over what you said, and I was like, oh yeah, I did a keynote specifically on this. The keynote was called "Clear is the New Black." Okay, and so is somebody out there saying, well, what do you mean by a mission statement? Give give them some advice. Well, it has to have teeth, and it, you kind of covered it. You know, it's. I talk about mountains. Like, what are the mountains that you stand on? What are your guiding principles? What are the things that, you know, again, North Star, what are the things that you, that get you out of bed each day? What are the, you know, there's so many different things that we can eliminate around us. We talk about purging and organizing. So many little things that you can outsource or even eliminate in your life um, that are weighing you down and preventing you from actually creating uh, what it is that you have a vision for. And the reason why is because our our guiding principles, the mountains that you stand on, the three things David just mentioned, they're kind of getting put off on the back burner or getting a half-assed effort because there's other little daily minutia that just kind of takes up, right? It takes up. And that's how that's why I get so irritated when I have to clean the house 50,000 times a day with kids. You know, it's part of the season of life, but what it's what it does is it actually is it's weighing down in this season. It's weighing down my ability to have clear vision, you know, or, or time management around the important things. And, and it's something I'm highly, highly aware of. It's just that we're in a time and a place right now where I don't, I can't just hire someone to come in and help. Like we have, we have no stability until, until we're home. So it's just a season, you know, and there's times when you have a season like that and and you have to honor it and understand that you're learning something right now that um, it's going to help you be more efficient when you move forward and, and, have a clear hell no that you're never going to tolerate that ever again. Well, let's let's use that statement and segue into number four, which is reflect on wins and losses. Now, mm-hmm. this is something it's not something you never heard before. But what does it mean? Because we're saying either it's a hell no, or maybe maybe I was doing this really good and getting a good response yeah. from this, but I went away from it. So you kind of have to do like an inventory and say what what was working and what wasn't. Well, it's a divine order as well. Like you look at the end of every every day that God created, he said it is good. Okay. So now I don't know if you can hear David's stomach, but he's, <laughs> oh, he's, he's, it's I mean, I hear it. I have my headphone, so I hear it. I'm just I'm just stating the obvious in case in case the listener wondered. My stomach says wonder something who every the third episode. Party is. Yeah, if you yeah. listen to this, you know, every episode you're like, is they got a bear in there? Yeah. Should we, we have a pet that's growling in the background? We should name him. What is there a dog? That's my stomach. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie bit me. We name him Charlie. Uh, Charlie's crying. I don't want to name my stomach Charlie. That's a weak name for a stomach. What do you want to name him? Bo or Bo? Daryl or Bo? It's got to be tough. Bo's a tough name. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, 
Let's name him Ralph. Ralph. No, that's not a good name for a stomach. I know. I'm teasing. Okay. Reflecting so, on the wins reflect. and losses. Reflect. So God always looked back and said, it is good. It is good. So this is an important part for you guys. And when I don't want to say losses, even though we do have to cut our losses, we also have to look at losses as learns. If you're not looking at as learns, then you're not really gaining wisdom to move forward. You're kind of staying stuck. If you If everything looks like a loss to you or you're holding on to the things that held you back or you're holding on to the excuses to why something didn't get done... Or, or never worked out or panned out, it's because you allowed that loss to be bigger than your next possible win. So create a learn out of it. It's a win or a learn. You know, when we reflect, we have the opportunity to say, okay, I gave it everything I've got. I like what I'm seeing. I'm going to keep this pattern and I'm going to use this as part of my build up to my crescendo. Like it, there's an organization to it. There is a, a cadence to it. And then you know you're on the right track. That's the track that you need to be running on. Uh, if, if you look back and you go, that, that didn't work out so well, then we know obviously it's time to course correct. So instead of dwelling in it and kind of staying in the dip, as we talk about, don't stay in the dip, use that as an, ex- in, you know, opportunity, like our feet point forward for a reason, right? So if they pointed backward, then we'd be going backwards all the time. We don't want to stay there. We just use this opportunity to say, okay, uh, I have an opportunity to fix this. I have an opportunity to try again. But if I allow this to trip me up for good, then I don't get an opportunity to gain wisdom. And wisdom is what we're supposed to be seeking at any cost. And that's going to help you moving forward. Yeah, and, there, and there's definitely physical, I mean, there's there's common sense things that you can do. Again, most of what is takes to be successful in business is the stuff that people, they get bored doing. In other words, if you were to have basic business principles, um, they would guide you, but people get bored or, oh, we need something new, and so let's try and think of something to complicate it. When we go back to the simplest part, the foundational stuff is, in this case, it's, well, go back to your monthly statements. What was your biggest month? You know, that's an easy one. Why? What were you doing differently? What was going on there? How can you plan for that? What were your weakest months? Um, what can you do differently knowing that that's, you know, a weak time of year for your business? How can you change that around? Um, I hate to say this, but even going back through some of your social media, yeah. what cu- types of things did you get a lot of engagement on? What type of things did you get a lot of comments on? What are people uh, associating you with? What do they what do they respond to most when you put it out there? And then the last thing is your happiness factor. Whether you go through your pictures or you just ask people, your wife or your husband or your kids, hey, what was a great month for us and what were we doing? In other words... If we can just replicate our best month or do our best to try and replicate it in terms of promotion, in terms of effort, in terms of what we were talking about, in terms of um, how we were maybe starting our day, then that's really how you reflect on wins and losses. And again, we're not saying anything new here. No. We just have to remind ourselves to do the basics. Yeah, you got to know your data. And that's whether, you know, just if you are a numbers person and you have the numbers to measure, Like this is knowing your data. Your data is just showing up differently. You know, your data is showing up in an emotion. Your data is showing up in engagement. Your data is showing up in a result. And so you have to ask yourself, what was was the behavior essentially that supported that data? What were the things that we were doing differently that supported that result? And so when you have the ability to take that audit, it's really helpful when you're planning. Mm -hmm. See how I gave you that layup there? When you're planning for the future. Because that's next. That's our last one. That okay? is next. Huh? That is next. Yeah, the fifth. It's plan. And, and again, it's like, okay, you know, 
you're not telling me anything I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to plan, right? We're not trying to act like that's not obvious. But how do we plan in a way where we just, we stop what is not working? And the one thing that I would say is it's not going to be fun. And there's going to be times where you go, I don't have time to plan or I don't know how to plan. And you just have to do it. In other words, so many people don't get started with a plan or they don't follow through with it because they're waiting for the perfect time and the perfect time never happens. You know, like we're in a, we're in a move right now. Again, we are, uh, we're hungry. The kids are out there and it probably wasn't a perfect time to do anything, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I have to shake Angie. Let's just do it because if we don't, it'll get pushed back. If we put it off to the next day, it'll get pushed back. And then sometimes what you plan to do never happens. You know, I should becomes I will. And then I should have. Well, I mean, a podcast is a hungry baby. So you got to, you have to, you know, treat your plan like a podcast, you know, and if you have never had a podcast before, it's going to be really difficult for you to relate to. But if we're not, you know, scheduling the guests or creating the content or having the conversations or David pushing me here in the closet to go do an episode, you know, if they don't get done, then the, the baby doesn't get fed. So if you have a plan and you're asking yourself, you know, some of the hard questions of what it's going to require of you and are you what your commitment level is and is your capacity there to support it? Remember, like there's a season to what we're in right now personally. So there's lots of things that are part of my plan that can't be done at this very moment, but they're going to be done in the near future. Like you have to ask yourself, what is your current capacity? This is everything, by the way, this is everything I teach in the turned on method. And um, it's a very important framework for understanding how it is to stay turned on, live turned on, plan turned on, you know, forecast turned on, create a turned on life, create a turned on business, create a turned on marriage. And it really has, you know, important features to it that sometimes we miss because we get so caught up in all of the other things that weigh it down or we get so caught up in the the feelings of not feeling like it or the circumstances around us that aren't perfect and that eventually prevents the plan from happening. And so they call it piss poor planning, right? And piss poor planning is going to give you piss poor results. And that was something that I had, I learned that many, many years ago. And I also learned it when I worked in the operating room, (laughs) because this is not a time when you want to have piss poor planning because you don't want piss poor results when they're cutting a patient open. So what are the stakes? Like you have to ask yourself, what are the stakes of not creating this plan? Like if you don't do this thing, ask yourself some hard questions. Now, sometimes you might be able to chalk that up and go, you know what? Well, I've never experienced it before and it's scared and I'm completely out of my own, you know, you know, sphere or scope of, you know, of skill or whatever. And you feel like you don't know what the hell you're doing. Believe me, I've got all kinds of things on my vision board right now. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but the plan has to be executed little by little by little. And even if that plan is just sometimes talking about it, making sure the conversation stays open, making sure you have someone to hold you accountable to that conversation. You know, whether it's David, that's my person or somebody else, like I need to make sure that part of that plan is keeping the conversation alive. And if that's the first step for you, then may, may it be the first step is speaking that, speaking your plan, holding yourself accountable, holding yourself accountable to someone else, write it down, 
Ask yourself, what is the, the frame that, of reference that you need in order to push forward? Because that's where you're going to prosper, you know, and we're gonna, you're going to produce fruit. But ultimately, if you don't, it's just, it's an idea that never grew legs, that never had a pulse because you weren't feeding it like this podcast. Like we don't have 140 episodes or whatever it is that we're getting close to because we didn't push forward in some of the moments where we feel like, I don't feel like it or the circumstances aren't perfect or we don't have the right content or we don't have a guest scheduled. Like you have to just move forward. And it's the same thing with your vision. It has does not matter what this is. Have you, there's, we are in the world of information and resources right now. And you have the opportunity to reach out and find answers to just about anything. So it, it's going to take some elbow grease and some grunt work and a little bit of grit, but you can do it, but it's going to require a plan. Yeah. You know, if we go back to the word, you know, when we talk about planning, there's so much in the word about planning and, and how important it is because our our God is a God of order and he's a God of abundance, but he is you know, look throughout history, he doesn't reward the lazy. And we have to be proactive when it comes to planning things out. We have to take our responsibility on that side. Um, if we look at Proverbs sixteen nine, it says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So it's a but, or I say an and, you know, we plan and he establishes those steps. He'll meet us. I always talk about meeting halfway. Mm-hmm. We have to realize that you know, he doesn't come up and knock on your door and grab you out of the chair. But if you plan in faith, plan your course in faith, knowing that you are co-creating with God. So the book that I'm writing coming out at the um, in 2022, uh, at the beginning of the first quarter of 2022, it's a lot about co-creation. It talks a lot about taking our advice from Scripture and how can we co-create and establish something. And I and I use this vision. I mean, imagine waking up and Jesus being at the foot of your bed and saying, what do you want to do today? What can we make together? How cool would that be? I mean, how much confidence would you have? And what he's asking you to do is plan. Let me know that the plans include me in those plans. Don't put me on the outside. Put me in the game, like Angelique likes to said. Put me in the game. I want to co-create with you. Do that and watch me establish these steps for your life. Watch me bless you because you've shown me your plan and you've included me. Well, you've included him because if you paid attention to the, you know, the first step, not necessarily in this podcast, but the first step is, you know, in, in a divine order too, is just being tuned into God. So that, that idea, that vision was planted there. And it wasn't planted there by mistake. It wasn't planted there by some brainiac idea or someone else's stuff if you're doing it the right way. It was planted there by God. So if you're able to understand that that was there for a reason, like even when you find yourself in territory where you're like, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing, then you know that God is there to prosper you and plan those steps with you. So we hope that this added some light to your day and light to your end of 21 and hopefully into 2022. We love and appreciate every single one of you. Please share this episode if you found value. Share it with someone that you love that you believe needs it and leave us a review and let us know. That's how we get paid in your words. Thank you so much, guys. We love you. Take care.